Well, good morning, church. Welcome back to Agape. Welcome back to the family. Welcome back after your long weekend of holidays and eating and what have you. You know, it's always good to have you come back, worship with us here at Agape. This is a fantastic church. I say that because of you, because you are fantastic people, all right? And God is very, very good. Now, this morning, we got a friend in the house, in the likes of Pastor Lawrence Koo from Singapore, but he is an Anak Malaysia, all right? I still remember once when we were in Malaysia, uh, in, in, in KL, and we were fighting to pay for the bill, and I said to the, 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 the shop owner, I said, no, no, he's a Singaporean. And he says, no, I'm a Malaysian. And the shopkeeper turned around and says, no, show me your IC. And he actually took out his IC and showed, and so I lost the bid. So he paid for it. Uh, he's always paying for the bills uh, in Singapore when I'm there. I want to pay for the bills. Don't pay, you know, in Singapore dollars, no. Uh, why do you know, pay in Singapore dollars? You're in my territory. I'm going to pay for it. Then in Malaysia, when I want to pay for the bills, it says, oh, Singapore money is so big. Lah. Everything is cheap, 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 cheap. And I just, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> but it's always good to have a friend in the house, uh, not just a friend. For those who are visiting and new, uh, Pastor Lawrence Koo and Pastor Natty, they are the pioneer pastors of Agape, you know, some 38 years ago. You know, and we are glad to have them back. Every Chinese New Year, they come back to visit with Pastor Lawrence's family. And every Chinese New Year, uh, Pastor Lawrence will always preach for Pastor Ronnie Chin. And so, Last year, I decided to say, you know, uh, I said, why don't you come to us? And he said to, to me, it's because you never invited me for Chinese New Year. Uh, Ronnie, Pastor Ronnie always gets him ahead of time. And so this year, I beat him to, he, uh, to eat by about two days or so. And so here he is, the Pastor Lawrence crew with us. His wife is not with us because she is preaching for Pastor Ronnie back in KL. So it's always good to have Pastor Lawrence come. He's going to bring to us a very, very practical message. This morning, we are so blessed by the message and God is going to convict some hearts in regards to uh, how we communicate and I'm going to leave the rest. I'm going to give the message away but allow Pastor Lawrence to bring the message to us. So won't you help me welcome Pastor Lawrence Koo to the stage. Thank you, Pastor Benjamin. Good morning. Singen Mung En. That means that, you know, be favored in the new year. Be favored. Huh? Um, I preached in the Mandarin service yesterday, last night. And I preach in Mandarin, I preach in Chinese. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed myself last night uh, when I saw the people. Um, I was so proud of uh, Pastor Paulus Wong. And I told the church, I said, man, I am so proud of this man. I was so moved. And that was like my first time after 20 years or more, you know, preaching in a Chinese service in Agape. So... Um, what a change. And I heard that they started a branch church in Sarambantu, bought their own building, uh, and that's about 100 or more people there, totally separate, a different congregation. Man, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. And, and I told your pastor that, uh, I said, I was a little bit surprised to see so many people in the first service. You know, I thought, you know, first service, most people want to sleep in, you know. Only the old people would come. But I, I was surprised that I saw some young people as well. And I'm so glad that your church is marching on for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's making a difference for the community. And I salute you. I sincerely say that. I salute you guys for doing a great job. And your pastor is right. This is a fabulous church. If I were to look for a church, look no further. Right here. Yeah, because of you guys. You were the one that made the church great. Uh, your pastor is right that I, you know, go back for Chinese New Year every year without fail. 
uh, because I come from a big family. You know, I'm number nine of 11, a football team. So I got to pay respect to my elder brothers, elder sisters. And that's the custom I've been maintaining. Though a Christian, we must observe Chinese traditions and customs that are non-contradictory con contradictory to the scriptures, that are in line with the scriptures. Because the Bible tells us, respect the elders. Respect the elders. So every year without fear, I go back. And every year without fear, Pastor Ronnie would always get me to preach for him. So I'm the Chinese New Year preacher in Revival Center. Really, every year. Your pastor had tried to get me, you know, a couple of times. But I always tell him that, you know, Ron, uh, you know, we are so close. And Ron has beat you to it. You know, he always get me before you. So last year, he beat Pastor Ronnie to it. And he got me just a couple of days before Pastor Ronnie invited me. And so I told him, look, uh, my wife is available, you know. You can have her, and that's why we are, she's not here. You know, last Christmas, she was not with me. Now she's not with me. Not that we have problems, <laughs> okay. Um, and after service, after lunch, I'll go back and uh, meet her again. And we're here until Wednesday, okay. I always enjoy coming back. I always enjoy coming back. I really do, I tell you. Uh, if not for my wife, if not for my wife, I would have been back long ago. Seriously. Uh, as I grow older, um, I realize that I have more to contribute to the churches. Really. I have, because I've gained so much wisdom. Um, and I learned so many lessons. So the older I get, uh, the more valuable I feel in Christ, of course. Uh, so I told, I told my wife, I said, you know, uh, I want to give my best, the best years of my life to Malaysia churches. Um, so the Lord willing, uh, I may offer myself to the churches in Malaysia, if the Lord willing, of course, if she is willing also. And actually, that is a greater challenge. The Lord is always willing. But I don't think she's willing. You know, when we celebrate Chinese New Year, there are some taboos that we observe. I remember when I was a kid, and my mom would tell me that don't speak negative words. You know, use auspicious words. Don't speak bad words. And of course, our parents would tell us, you know, um, be careful oh, how you speak. Okay? And of course, we also tell the parents, you know, parents have been told rather, that they should not scold the children, otherwise they have a bad luck in the new year. Uh, how many of you can relate to that? You still remember that? Yes? Nowadays, they don't talk like that anymore. Okay. So, uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, communication. Not in that light, okay? I want to talk about communication that honors God. It's not taboo, okay? And this is scriptural. So, I want to talk to you on communication that honors God. Shall we pray first? Dear God, we want to thank you for this lovely day. Thank you for this lovely congregation. Thank you for Pastor Benjamin and his team for doing such a great job. Lord, I pray for your rich anointing to come upon me and upon your people. Lord, remove every distraction from us so that we can give our attention to your word. May your word find a resting place in our hearts so that it will take root and bear fruit in due time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, God made us as relational beings. And the means of relating to, to one another is through communication. Now, here's the thing. Our communication would either build or destroy relationships. 
In Proverbs 18 verse 21, a very familiar verse. Some of you can recite it by heart. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Now please understand that this verse is spoken in the context of relationships. I know many Christians use this verse, you know, uh, as, um, um, as con in, in, in the context of confession. You know, uh, you're going to confess, you know, confess. Now that's okay, nothing wrong with that. But if you were to study the entire chapter of Proverbs 18, this verse is in the context of relationships. So today I want to talk about honouring God in our communication, particularly on social media platforms. Now, obviously, the things that I'm going to share with you are applicable to all forms of communications, be it on social media or personal level. Now, the reason why I want to focus on social media communication, such as WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, Snapchat, WeChat, etc., and etc., is because this is how most people are communicating today. Right or not? Hello? Right? So the question is, how then should we communicate on social media in a manner that God is honoured and glorified? Does the Bible have anything to say about that? So let's read Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Alright? It says here, Colossians chapter 4, Verse 5 and 6. Can we have the next slide? Colossians 4. Okay, never mind. The verse 5 is not there. Just listen to me, alright? It says, Be wise in the way you act or speak toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation or your communication be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, from this scripture verse, I wish to draw two principles of communication that honours God. Firstly, communication that honours God requires us to communicate responsibly. Everybody say, responsibly. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5, it says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. In other words, be careful in the way you relate to people, you speak to people. You see, today, people communicate and share all kinds of stuff on social media. Unfortunately, many do it irresponsibly or carelessly. But as for you and I, who call ourselves Christ followers, we must be careful with what we say on social media. Because what we say have consequences. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 12. This passage is the saying of Jesus Christ. Now before I read this passage to you, let me give you the background to the passage. There was a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And he, he was brought to Jesus. And Jesus healed him. Now, Imagine, huh, if this, that thing happened today. You could imagine, right, the news would have gone viral, right, on social media, right or not? Uh-huh, yeah. But then the Pharisees, you know, they turn out the fake news. And they said, ah, it's by the prince of demons that Jesus cast out demons. And it is against this backdrop, Jesus said this. Jesus said, either make the tree good, and its fruit good, or make the tree bad, and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, referring to the Pharisees. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every callous word they speak. 
For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, out from this passage of scriptures, let me share with you two reasons why we need to communicate responsibly or be careful with what we say on social media. Reason number one is because our words reveal who we are. Our words reveal who we are. Jesus said this, the tree is known by its fruit. So just as a tree is known by its fruit, a person is known by his heart. And you can tell what's inside a person's heart by the things he says. Because Jesus said, for out of the abundance of heart, the the what? Mouth speaks. You know, one of the ways people know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, we are followers of Christ, is by what we say. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. So if we say that we are Christians, Christ followers, words that come out of our mouths should show it, should reveal it. That's why we've got to be careful with what we say. Because what we say reveal who we are. What's inside us. The second reason is because we will give an account on the judgment day for the careless words we speak. Jesus said on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless words they speak. Now that's a serious stuff, you know. For every careless words we speak, whether to one another, on a personal level, or on social media. Now, how do we know if we are responsible communicators on social media? You ask yourselves three questions. Are you ready? First question, ask yourself, are the things we share true or factual? You know, Christians do need fake news law to tell us what to say, what not to say on social media. Correct? Correct or not? Huh? Really, we don't. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. We are supposed to be bearers of true news, not fake news. So don't be quick to share with people whenever you receive something, something that's alarming, something that seems to be, you know, quite... Oh, um, um, negative in nature and out of concern we just post, we just share without checking its source, without very, very validifying is it va- validating ah, thank you, that's my teacher you know without verifying right, it's um, whether it's true or not Find out first before you share. So ask yourselves whether these things that you're going to share are true or factual. Secondly, even if it's true, ask, are we making the matter better or worse by sharing? In other words, will it bring a positive change or a difference? Even if it's true. It doesn't mean that the things that you receive or the things that you know, even though they're factual, oh, you can share. No. Be wise, be careful. Because if it creates negative impact, negative effect, then don't share. Pointless to share. You think people don't know? They will know. So you don't have to tell them. You don't have to share. The third question is, are we infringing on others' privacy. And that's a little bit more sensitive. And this is something that we as Christians ought to know. Are we infringing on people's privacy? Are you betraying people's confidentiality? Last year, on 14th of March, after having lunch with a group of pastors, 
I fainted. Now, that was the sixth time I fainted after a meal. Every time I fainted since 2013, you know, since 2013 till last year, 2018 March, I fainted six times. Each time was after a meal. Was God telling me something or what? Well, not really. My member checked up, you know, checked uh, from the Google and she was so kind, you know. And she sent to me a piece of information that was so valuable to me. From the medical journal, there's something called postprandial hypotension. Postprandial means after a meal, after a meal. Hypotension, you know what? Low blood pressure. Huh? So that's why I fainted after a meal. And it happens to people who are of age. <laughs> Not all the people, but some people, and happened to be one. So, of course, it was out of the experience I came to know, after the experience. But on that day when I fainted, and I knew I was, I was fainting, actually, you know, because after so many times of fainting, I got enough experiences. So I warned the pastor, said, I think I'm going to faint. I said, just prop my leg up and perhaps I'll feel better. But by the time they got to me, I blacked out, you know. So they got panicked. They didn't know what to do. They called the ambulance and, and they, one of them called my wife, you know. Ambulance came, medic came, check on me, and I regained consciousness uh, after about five or ten minutes, you know. And they insisted that I must go to hospital. I said, no, I said, I'm okay, I'm really okay, I'm fine. But then one of them said, but your wife said you must go. I said, okay, yes, madam. <laughs> so in the hospital, you know, I spent five hours in the hospital. Checked me thoroughly. They took countless blood pressure. They took three times of my blood and they checked it thoroughly. After five hours of check, I was declared okay. Nothing wrong with me, you know. So, I got my phone back. And I turned on my phone and to my horror, I saw one of the pastors sent out a message to many other pastors asking for prayer, of course. Good, you know. So I appreciate that pastor. But then, it was not just a message. That pastor took pictures of me when I was faint, when I was down on the floor and with my shirts unbuttoned. <laughs> because the medic came and they just, you know, worried that, you know, I was uh, having heart attack or anything like that. Not one photo, two photos. <laughs> so I told the pastor, say, hey, look, I appreciate your intention, your, you know, uh, concern. Uh, why do you want to take pictures, you know? And in Singapore, there's a law that if you infringe people's privacy, you can be sued. I don't know about Malaysia, but in Singapore, there's such a law. So she has actually infringed my privacy. In other words, she sent out this without my permission. That's infringing people's privacy. You know, people do that all the time, all the time. You walk in the streets or you drive along the road and you see something, you snap, snap, and then you post. Hey, be careful because by so doing, you might have infringed people's privacy. You might have betrayed people's confidentiality. And as Christians, we are not supposed to do that. And of course, that sister apologized. Sister, sorry, uh, pastor, who was a sister. Uh, didn't mean to reveal who the person was. So, um, she deleted quickly. I said, please ask your friends to delete because I don't know how many people have, have received because, you know, when you share something like that, oh, the pastor, out of concern, share. Then his friends, share, you know. So at the end, the whole world knows what happened to me. They saw my 
chest. Oh, boy. First time, you know. So please be responsible, be careful, all right? Now, uh, let me deal with the second principle, okay? Secondly, communication that honors God requires us to communicate respectfully. Everybody say respectfully. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Let your conversation or communication be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, we live in a world that is so diverse in so many ways. People are free to express their views on anything, be it social, political, religious, racial, or personal issues. Now, the thing is, we don't always agree with everyone's views and opinions, right? Right or not? We don't always agree. Sometimes I don't even agree with myself. You know, that's true, you know. So we don't always agree with people, what they say, what they share, and their opinions and views. Now, as Christ followers, this is important for us to note. We must remember, despite our disagreement, we still have to communicate respectfully. Now, what is a respectful communication? First, let me tell you what it is not. Respectful communication is not distasteful. It is not distasteful. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Let there be no filthiness, filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Now, there are three elements found in this verse about distasteful communication. First, distasteful communication is a communication that contains vulgarity. Because it says, let there be no filthiness. You know, when I was not a Christian, I was a teenage, almost every sentence, almost, almost every sentence was punctuated with a vulgar word. How many of you could relate to that? Confess, confess. Okay. I was like that. Because I grew up in the kind of environment, you know. And you think it's cool, you know. Right or not? Cool, man, you know. Each time you use that vulgar word, ooh, cool, man, you know. But when I got saved, the Lord convicted me. One of the things that uh, happened to my life was the change of vocabulary. Seriously. I stopped using vulgar words. I just couldn't speak a vulgar word because I felt so dirty. The Holy Spirit convicted me. I was changed. But you know, this is so common. And partly because it comes from Hollywood. It comes from movies. Nowadays, movies, my God. Almost every movie. But look, you cannot control what people say. You cannot stop people from saying things. But as Christians, as God's people, be careful. Because distasteful communication ought not to be found in and among Christians. Hello? Amen? No conviction? I need to pray for you. Isaiah, who saw God in a vision, he saw God's holiness. Then he said, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And what did God do? God sent an angel with a coal of fire and touched his tongue. The first thing that God would do in our lives is to clean up our language. That's one of the first things that God would do. So respectful communication should not contain 
filthy or vulgar words. Secondly, distasteful communication has got to do with senseless communications. It says no foolish talk. In other words, no, nonsens no nonsensical talk. It is, doesn't necessarily come, come from you, you know, but you see something funny, but it's really nonsense, and you just share it, you know, without thinking much about it. But the Bible tells us no foolish talk. Don't talk like a fool, in other words. Talk intelligently. And thirdly, no dirty jokes. It says no crude jokes or jokes aimed to shame. Jokes aimed to malign or malign. You know, last year in Singapore, during a parliament debate on the budget, uh, it was a very hot issue, very hot issue. It went on for quite a while. Sylvia Lim, the opposition workers, part, workers Party chairperson, she was making an allegation against Prime Minister Lee regarding the proposed GST increase, which will happen in two or three years' time. Singapore government tell you, they tell you ahead. So there was this debate, and allegation was made against PM Lee. And many ministers, of course, stood up in defense of PM Lee. And one of them who spoke up was Grace Fu. You know, in Singapore, some of the parliament sessions were in full view of the public. They, they uh, live telecast the sessions parliament sessions. So, obviously, that generated a flurry of reactions on social media, particularly from the opposition camp. And one opposition supporter wrote a poem to shame graceful who spoke up. And this person shamed her publicly using a poem. And that poem had gone viral on social media. And let me read to you this poem. Not that I enjoy reading it, but I just want to make a point. Is that okay with you guys? Okay. So I don't take joy in reading this poem. This is what the poem says. Graceful, oh graceful. Fool as F-U. Huh? Okay. Graceful, oh graceful. You were so not graceful. Auntie Sylvia said a mouthful, and you grew all resentful. Yes, some words were hurtful, perhaps not exactly truthful. Then again, you are so much more powerful. Couldn't you be a wee bit more merciful? Graceful, oh graceful. You were so not grace, graceful. In fact, your demeanor was awful. This is the second time you lost your cool and went all boo-hoo-hoo. Give us a clue as to why you acted like a fool. At too fool or secret hopes of a promotion not coming through? Graceful, oh graceful. You were so not graceful. If only you were more tactful, Parliament would be so peaceful. On the outside, you ain't look beautiful. Inside, you are equally ugly through and through. Now, to be honest with you, when I saw this poem posted by my church member, I did what I had to do as a pastor. And one of the reasons why I am in, I'm, uh, on Facebook uh, is because to check on my members. <laughs> Serious. I told my church, I said, be careful about your post. I ever corrected a sister, she wasn't happy, she left the church. I corrected this brother, later she, he left the church. No apology. The door is there. Leak away. I did what I had to do. And of course, I corrected it, corrected these people, you know, tactful way. But nowadays, people cannot take correction. And that's one of the challenges of being a pastor in today's world. Because the Bible tells us that we are to speak the word, to encourage, and to correct. Encourage, yes, pastor, speak more. Oh, sayang, please. 
you correct. I've got one young man submitted a drama script and I corrected that script. He left the church. Nowadays, people are so sensitive. So anyway, back to the story. I was carried away. Where was I? Oh yeah, I corrected this brother. And, and I told him off. I said, look, as a Christian, I don't think it's appropriate for us to share this. I know you didn't write it, but I don't think it's appropriate for you to share it. Now, I personally find the poem very distasteful and out of place as far as Christians are concerned. You cannot stop people from sharing. We're talking about non-Christians, the people in the world. You cannot stop. But Christians, you have a responsibility. You've got to speak respectfully. Now, please understand, I'm not siding Singapore government or defending PAP. I'm a Malaysian, as your pastor said. And a proud one. So, I, I'm a neutral party. You know, I don't take side. I don't take side. I'm on the side of the Lord. This is not about politics. This is about mere Christian ethics. I believe every human being is made in the image of God. And just because we don't agree or don't like so-and-so, it doesn't give us the right to shame that person. Sure, we can express our views or argue our points, but do so respectfully. So check our communications, whether it's distasteful or not. And you can tell whether this, your communication is distasteful by just, you know, looking at these three points. Looking at these three points. Is there vulgarity in it? Is there, is there a senseless communication? Are they... 30 jokes or jokes meant to shame people. All right, let me move on to the last point, the second part of the last point, and then I'll close. Respectful communication is gracious communication. Is gracious communication. In Galatians, oh, sorry, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Let your conversation or communication be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. I like the message translation. It says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation or in a communication. Not put them down, nor cut them out. You know, our communication should be seasoned with salt because Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. So as the salt of the earth, our words must be seasoned with salt. Now salt has got preservative elements. So the aim of gracious communication is to preserve relationships, is to protect relationships, not to destroy relationships. You know, most problems in relationships are caused by communications. I lived that long to find out this fact. Most problems in relationships are caused by communications. What we say and how we say it. Whether it is between husband and wife at home, or especially husband and wife. I remember one time, I've got a couple in the church. They left already. Not, not, not that they have a problem. But, you know, they were on staff and then the Lord called them to missions field. And uh, the wife was preaching one Sunday and um, about husband and wife relationship. So towards the end, she did a demo, you know. She invited the husband to come on the stage. She said, you know, one of the ways to, to build relationship with each other as husband and wife is to stare into each other's eyes with love and then send the message of love into each other's eyes. And then she asks us, okay, now husband and wife, please do it, please do it. My wife and I look at each other. She. <laughs> out of good intention, but I think sometimes, you know, it's not practical because it's so unnatural. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you how to build relationship between husband and wife. You want to know? Very easy. Speak to each other with respect. That's all. Respect each other even though you're angry. Respect each other. I learned that. 
So whenever she's angry, whenever she's angry with me, you know what I learned? Oh, I learned the best way to communicate with her is to shut up. <laughs> True. I don't say anything. Because it will pass. It will pass. <laughs> Serious. Look, uh, I don't claim to be an expert, okay? But I learned through pain. Pain. It's very painful. There's no point speaking. When someone is angry, just shut up. Don't say anything. Just shut up. And if you want to say something, say it with respect. Okay. Enough about husband and wife. But you know, this is so true. At work, um, in church, my God, in church. Does Agape community church have got problems? No. No problems. Oh, wow. When I was around, there were a lot of problems. Your pastor must have done a fantastic job, man. No problems. No problems. But I could sense, you know, some dishonesty in the midst. <laughs> Reluctance to admit. I tell you, every church has got problems. This is a fabulous church. I tell you, it's a lovely, wonderful church. But it's not perfect. Every church has got problems. You know what I learned? I learned that instead of dealing with the problems when it happens, prevent the problems from happening. Prevent. And how to prevent? Simple, easy. Speak respectfully. Even though you may disagree with one another, especially those of you who work together. Oh man, I always tell people, you know, you want to find a church that is beautiful, that is good, easy. Just don't get involved. Serious. Don't get involved. Go, go, go to church and then go back. Go to church and go back. Don't get involved. No problem. And I always tell them, you know, churches are beautiful from far, but far from beautiful. <laughs> when you get near, the nearer you get, ah, you begin to see the ugliness, the truth, the real color, all surface. So what do you do? Easy. Respect. Always remember, that's a culture I work so hard in my church. Because here and there, it happens, it happens. It's all about communication. Those of you who are in the office, you know what I'm talking about. Most problems in the office are also caused by communications. Because we don't speak with respect. We don't communicate with grace. Respectful communication is to speak graciously. In other words, you... Okay, that's my alarm, by the way. Tells me I'm supposed to shut up. Okay, I better move on. I want to close, okay? Uh, uh, in Singapore, we do speak with mindfulness of time. So I, that's a habit I've cultivated. All right. Um, so let me uh, bring the message to a close by sharing with you a testimony. It's about me, okay? Unpleasant one. Unpleasant. You know, after last election, no, previous election, GE13. Last election was GE14, okay? So previous, after the previous election, uh, one MDB scandal had gone viral on social media. And it attracted much attention, not only in Malaysia, but globally. And, you know, you remember there was um, this yellow shirt protest march. Tens of thousands of people joined, and people came out with all kinds of ingenious ways to express their anger and their frustrations with the BN government and the, particularly the ex-PM, Tatuk Sri Najib. And there was this photo 
uh, that had gone viral, and it caught my attention. Um, it was a, a photo of a banner, you know, of 2.6 billion hell note with Najib's face on it. Anyone remember that? You don't. You know, I found it very amusing. So I, res I reposted it. I, I saw it, somebody posted it on Facebook. So I reposted it because I found it so amusing. And I commented, wow, Malaysians are very creative. Eh? A few days later, I received an email on the 31st of August, 2015. What day was that, 31st August? You don't know, you better don't be a Malaysian. I also know. Of course I know I'm a Malaysian. And this is what this person said. He said, Dear Uncle Lawrence, I've been struggling all of last night and I realized that I would have to voice my concerns to you regarding my struggles. I've been having many struggles with derogatory terms you have made concerning Najib as well as Amno. But those days I called Amno. And most recently, the $2.6 billion hell notes, which you have positively affirmed as the creativity of Malaysians. In my view, he said, it was appalling that our fellow Malaysians behave such a way by the hell notes and the creativity has no place for praise with regards to this. For me, it is almost, almost, if not the same thing as praising the wit of a comedian making sexual, dirty and vulgar jokes in which I then comment how brilliant or creative he is in what he has said. When, now, of course, he went on to explain how he felt. When I received that email, I was so convicted by the Holy Spirit and I repented before God. I said, God, forgive me. Because I've stumbled a young man. And I replied to this young man. I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I told him I'm going to, I will delete that post. You know, that was my turning point moment. That was my awakening moment. I said to myself, I vowed to myself, I said, from now on, I'm not going to share anything that is negative, anything that is shameful. Whatever I'm going to share on social media platform will be positive. Will be edifying, will be upbuilding, will be encouraging, will be inspiring. Check my Facebook account. After 31st August 2015, check my Facebook account. Nothing negative. But there were times I was so tempted to share. So tempted. Then I was reminded, oh, this young man's email. And I thank him for helping me to grow in the Lord. Guess who was that young man? Make a guess. If you were in the first service, please don't tell them. Make a guess. I give you a clue. Someone from your church. The first service, people, get, two of them, guess it right. Guess him, you know. Any guess? Somebody say something. Jenny, Jenny do you say do you say Derek? Okay. Why did, you say, why did you say Derek? Because he called me uncle? Or you got a word of knowledge? Or he told you? Or he checked with you? No. It was Derek. Son of Benjamin Yo. You know, it reflects a lot about the upbringing of this young man. I esteem him so highly. Even more, I mean, I always hold him in high respect. You ask your past, your pastor, you know. Fine young man, but it also reflects about the wonderful parents that he has, Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sally. 
they done a fantastic job on their children. I'm so proud of Derek. I'm so proud of Derek. God used him to speak to me. I was so naive. 2015, you're talking about three years ago, you know. I was almost 60 years old. And I thought nothing about it, but what I shared, about what I said on social media. And God convicted me. I'm going to ask you to sit back and relax and listen to this beautiful song. This beautiful song by Fernando Oteca. Let the words of my mouth. And after that, I'm going to come back on to lead you in a short prayer written by Tim Keller. Okay? So listen to this beautiful song. Stand 
And after the prayer, short prayer, we're going to read out this short prayer written by Pastor Timothy Kayla. Your pastor will come up to close the service. Let's read this, ver- uh, list this prayer from our hearts. Let us make this prayer our prayer. And I, I always, you know, here and there, I go back to this prayer and pray this prayer for myself. So will you please pray out loud for yourself? Everybody, let's pray together. Lord, save me from the sins of my tongue and the flaws of character that fuel them. Make my words honest by taking away my fear. Feel by taking away my self-importance. Wise by taking away my thoughtlessness. And kind by taking away my indifference and irritability. Amen. Amen. Just remain standing in a meditative uh, attitude as your pastor comes. It's such a powerful and practical message, isn't it? I've always said, and on a few occasions I've said that even if there's no heaven or no hell, but we know there is. Christianity is an amazing religion because there's so much truth in the scriptures, the Bible, and practical application and life-changing dynamics and principles you know, are found in the Word of God. And one of which you know, that is so beautifully brought across to us is the art of communication and communicating a communication that honors God. So powerful. I trust that each one of us will take this message, apply it in our lives on the, in regards to the social platform and how we would be responsible in forwarding or not forwarding messages, checking its contents to see whether it is relevant or whether it is uh, true and not spread fake news like Pastor Lawrence says we don't need a, a lot no, for us not to do that uh, but always speaking the truth and love in leadership uh, like I said in our first service uh, there are all kinds of leadership levels uh, sometimes top down uh, where you're in charge of a group and you because you are the leader you correct and you speak and you, you lead and you direct and so it's top-down leadership and um, that is quite challenging too. Sometimes a horizontal, a sideways or horizontal uh, leadership that we practice like Pastor Lawrence and I, we are colleagues on the same board, same level, same uh, playing field so to speak and there are times you're speaking to my life, there are times we'll speak to each other's life we do this very often when we go away two or three times a year, sometimes at most two, uh, just to go away, you know, and, and, and we have a time together where we can just pray together, talk together, laugh together, uh, share about ministry together, you know. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have lunch together with some good friends, you know, and we do that very often, you know. But there's one area where it's most difficult is, you know, uh, bottoms up, leading up. You know, whereby you are the follower and you have to lead your superior, someone above there. And in Agape, I thank God we have a few like there's not too many, three or so, you know, and that's good enough. And these are people who, though I'm the pastor of the church and, and, and uh, they serve under me, but they have this amazing ability to lead up, which is very, very amazing and difficult. How do you tell someone above you that what he's doing is not right or what he's supposed to do that he needs to do? And, and there are a few like this here in Agape, which I thank God for. Now, when Derek, uh, yesterday when Pastor Lawrence came to visit with me before I came up at 4 o'clock and we arrived at a coffee together in my house, we talked about you know, many things and then he says to bring his message across and he shared with me the story about Derek writing to him and when he did that, I just gave him a smile and then he kind of read my mind and said, you mean you knew all along? I said, yes, I knew all along. I knew even before Derek spoke to you and when Derek checked with me, talked to me and says, I, I, I just feel very uneasy. Uh, I want to talk to Pastor Lawrence, write him an email. Uh, am I out of line, our place? You know? I said, no, I said, you can. But I says, do it respectfully. Do it respectfully. 
And it's so important, young people, listen to me. Listen to me. You can talk to your parents, talk to your superiors, something which you think that maybe their opinion or maybe the way they corrected you or shame you in public is not right. And you can talk to them but do it respectfully. I remember when Derek was growing up, he had a few issues with his mother and I corrected him a number of times, not because what he said was wrong, you know, but I said to Derek many times, I said, Derek, as much as you think you are right and there are times you are right, I said, you cannot talk to your mother in that tone of voice. You cannot talk to your mother in that tone of voice. No matter how wrong you think she is, you cannot talk to your mother in that tone of voice. You know, and it's just respecting each other is so important. All right, and so much lessons to take away from this talk and from this sermon this morning. And we're going to close by singing this song. And as we do, you allow the Holy Spirit to take what has been said, you know, this morning and personalize it in your heart and bring it you know, further into your life so that we can be really the salt and the light of this world.